Hey everybody, this is DJ Martin, church pastor here at Parker Ford Church as we continue our midweek teaching series on the Sermon on the Mount called A Path Forward. We welcome you here, whether you're a member of Parker Ford Church or just joining us online. It's great to have you with us today. Today we are continuing the series, A Path Forward, as we walk through the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, the title of today's teaching is Who Looks Good? Part 2. We'll be in Matthew chapter 6 verses 1 to 4. Would you join me in prayer before we read the scripture and jump in today? Father, thank you uh, for today. This chance is the day that you've made, this chance to walk with you, to commune with you, to learn from you. We pray that your word uh, would cause us to grow in our likeness and imitation of you today, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Once again, the the purpose of this teaching series has been to look at the Sermon on the Mount as, as a path forward out of our gridlock, out of our partisanship, out of rage, out of chaos. We are now uh, pushing into uh, September here and um, towards October, towards the election, and things are as crazy as we anticipated them to be. And so I wanted this to be a refreshing thing for the body of Christ to look at each week, that Jesus offers us an alternative kingdom that is so much more glorious, so much more fulfilling, so much more hopeful than what the world has to offer. Remember that Jesus's first sermon, his first uh, public teaching was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and then the Sermon on the Mount is his explanation for how we live in his kingdom here on earth. Matthew 6, we've made it through chapter 5, we're, we're in Matthew 6 now, and Jesus says, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Why this is part two is because who looks good part one was several weeks ago when we were towards the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, And I reference this passage because in verse 13, starting in verse 13 of chapter 5, Jesus says, you're the light of the world and you're the salt of the earth. And he says, don't hide it. Let it shine that your brothers and sisters may give glory to God. But then just a few passages later within the same sermon, here in Matthew chapter 6 verse 1, he says, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people. So which is it? And this is what we looked at last time, this principle when we, when we covered verses 13 of chapter 5, we looked at the principle that it's a good question to ask who looks good. Because when you are doing something, if you personally are the primary recipient of the glory, of the honor that comes out of it, then you should probably do that thing secretly. However, if God is the one who receives the glory, if, if, if it's practiced in such a way that God is the one who receives both the honor and the glory— then let your light shine that God, may, that God may receive the glory and your brothers and sisters might look at him and the world may see him glorified and shining. And so a key motivational question for us whenever we're doing, we're practicing righteousness, doing good works, we're, we're seeking to live the way of Jesus, a good motivational question is to, to ask is who's going to receive glory from this thing? Jesus says beware of practicing your righteousness, that inner goodness that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Beware of practicing that with the motivation of being in front of other people in order to be seen by them. See the motivation there is to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. 
In verse 2, he says, Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Once again, the motivation there is to be seen and to be praised, to be glorified, to be honored. The word here that's translated as hypocrites means, literally means to play act. Don't be a play actor. Don't be a, a person who just does good things in order to play at it, in order to put on a play that you might receive glory, that people might see you. Jesus says, truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. If that's your motivation, if that's our motivation just to get glory and praise, then when we receive that glory and praise, then we've already received the fullness of what will be rewarded. Why? He says, but when you give to the needy, do not let your right hand uh, know what your left hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. There's a reward that comes from Heavenly Father that is so much greater than the reward we can see, receive from anyone on earth giving us glory and praise. So who are you seeking? Who are we seeking to make look good? Is it ourselves or is it God? Remember, righteousness is meant to be inner righteousness. It's not meant to be something that we go around and say, look at how righteous I am. It's meant to be that we live our lives in such a way that God is continually receiving glory, and in so doing, we are the light and of the world and the salt of the earth. In The Divine Conspiracy, Dallas Willard says, our intent is determined by what we want and expect from our action. When we do good deeds to be seen by human beings, that is because what we are looking for is something that comes from human beings. God responds to our expectations accordingly. When we want human and approval and esteem, God courteously stands aside because by our wish, it does not concern him. In other words, when we want human glory, and that's what we're seeking, God actually steps aside and gives us, allows us to have what we desire. But God is near the humble and the lowly in heart. And he's not looking for a grand show. In fact, in Amos chapter 5, this is the prophet Amos quoting the word of the Lord. He says this, quoting the Lord, I hate, I despise your feasts, and I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. And the peace offerings of your fattened animals, I will not look upon them. Take away from me the noise of your songs, to the mel melody of your harps, I will not listen. But, he says, let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. An away with your noisy practices of, of play-acting hypocritical righteousness, God says. Instead, let there be justice. Instead, let there be righteousness in the way that you live. Again, an inner righteousness that's not looking for personal glory, but rather looking for things to be made right, to be whole, to be just. In Hosea 6, another prophetic passage, again quoting the Lord, the prophet Hosea says, I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. Jesus quotes this verse in Matthew 9, just a few chapters after the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew writes in verse 10 of chapter 9, 
And as Jesus reclined at table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard it, he said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, go and learn what this means. I came not, oh, sorry, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I came not to call the righteous, but sinners, or those who think they are righteous, but those who know that they are sinners. God desires mercy and not sacrifice. Sacrifice um, can often be problematic when it's a showy thing, when it's, look what I did, look what I gave up, look what I sacrificed, rather than just walking out a life of mercy and obedience. Last week, I, I, kind of critiqued um, Trump and, and those who are, um, who are saying that they appreciate him because he's a bully <laughs> pushing back and, and how we as Christians are called to love our enemies and, and actually not punch back. We're called to turn the other cheek and Jesus was being serious when he said that. Well, I'm going to pick on the other side a little bit today where, where Jesus is saying don't don't make these grand gestures, these showy signs of good works in front of other people. We are so tempted to do this because of the social media age we live in, the, the age of needing to curate our image and, and image management and all of this. So um, a few weeks ago, uh, Donald Trump's uh, younger brother passed away, and his political rival, Joe Biden, um, made a statement uh, of, of sorrow on social media, you know, wishing condolences to Donald Trump. And that's all well and good. Um, I'm glad that he could set aside his political agenda and, and say that I'm sorry for the passing of your brother. But as I was thinking about that, I, I, I was wondering, why didn't you just do that privately? Why didn't you just send a message? Clearly, Joe Biden has a way of getting in contact, sending a message to Donald Trump and just saying, hey, I'm sorry about the loss. I'm setting aside politics for a minute. I'm sorry about the loss of your brother. I know what it's like to lose someone close to me. Rather than it being this personal, like more secretive, behind the scenes message, it's this thing that's put on social media. And now everybody's like, oh, look, look how, look how wise and generous and, and humble he is. And, and whether or not Joe Biden is those things is beside the point. The, the point is, is that the power is actually lost. The power of what that could be is lost because of its publicity. Because it's done in front of everybody, and now there's this human response, that's all that can be received from it is the glory that's received from humans. Rather than something like that being done humbly and quietly without anyone else ever having to know it. And so what is God calling you to do today to give him glory that's meant to shine in front of other people because he's the one to receive glory? And what are the things that God is calling us to do that are meant to be done secretly? Don't even let your left hand know what your right hand is doing when you're giving alms to the poor because it's God's glory that we're seeking, not the praise of humans. This is such a timely reminder from Jesus, our king, in the midst of such an image-obsessed culture. So today I challenge you to read Matthew 5, verses 38 to 48. Who do you want to notice you? Ask yourself this. As you're living your life, who do you want to see you and notice you? Who are you performing for? Who, who are you living out your life that they may see you? And how might God be shifting your motivations for who gets the glory? And finally, how does this teaching offer us a path forward that's different 
than the world. We don't have to be a people who are constantly curating our image. We can be a people who live humbly and quietly before the Lord. And I pray that you're that type of person today and that I'm that type of person and we, the people of God, would live out our faith. As Paul says to the Thessalonians, I desire Christians to live quiet and contented lives. May we, in the midst of a culture that's constantly screaming, live lives of quiet contentedness, ready to give God the glory, not having to receive it ourselves, but to point others towards him. May he increase, may we decrease, may he receive the glory. I pray that you have a wonderful day. Go with God.